What is up? What is happening? How are all the things you are rocking with your girl, Cheryl and Natty on the Shades of Strong podcast, where we're doing our part to support Black women and freeing themselves from the burden of being strong by creating safe and sacred spaces for them to uncape, unmask it, unhide so that they can be whatever shade of strong that feels right for them. If this is your first time tuning in, hey, girl. Hey, thanks for allowing Natty and I into the sacred space that is your life. And if you've been here before, welcome back, sis. Thank you for letting us hang out with you on your drive to work, while you're cleaning, or while you are just being, whatever the case may be. Thanks for bringing us along. What's up, Natty? What's going on, girl? How are you today? Today, I'm doing okay. I am grateful for every day that I can say, hey, today I'm doing okay. Right, that part. Ain't that some girl? Because, baby, because every day is not like that. (laughs) Every day it ain't like that. So so. I'm very happy that today I'm all right. And I'm happy that you are all right, too. This episode just happens to fall on Valentine's Day. Okay. All about love. The fire fire of love. love. Yes. So yeah, this um, episode actually falls on Valentine's Day. So happy Valentine's Day, guys. I hope mm-hmm. Valentine's Day has been good to you. Yeah. I'm not really a Valentine's Day person. I used to be, but as I get older, I don't know. I just don't care about these these holidays like that anymore. Not even like Mother's Day. I don't just really get into it like I used to. And oh my gosh, I'm so excited. I'm going to get a gift. But it doesn't. Yeah. I don't know. It's just not the same for me as I get older. I care less and less about it. Valentine's Day is not huge for me, but I do want to talk about it because it is Valentine's Day. Just because it's not huge for me doesn't mean it may not be huge for someone else. How do you feel about Valentine's Day, Matt? Uh, About the same. I think holidays in general have kind of lost their luster for me. That's been the case with Valentine's Day for many, many years now. Like, and it's it's not like a reflection of my personal life or anything, but it's just it's just kind of like you just see the marketing of all of it mm-hmm. every single holiday. And I just over the years I've gotten more and more connected with my discomfort around it because you just start feeling all of this pressure. Yep, to do a thing. And you know, we don't do pressure. Right. And to to have a certain type of experience because it's the holiday. And nine times out of 10, and I guess this is more true for me or for people in general with other holidays, more, more true for, for women in general with other holidays, like Christmas or Thanksgiving or whatever, that pressure to have an experience is heightened because it's on you to create the experience for everybody else. And then with Valentine's Day, it's not necessarily on you to create the experience. But if you're in a romantic relationship, long-term uh, committed relationship, it's the expectation. You're expect you're expecting to have a certain experience, mm-hmm. and then you may or may not get what you were imagining in your head, and so that leads to disappointment. And of course, communication is very important around that. But then it can also feel kind of weird. Not saying that you shouldn't communicate, you should, but it can also feel kind of weird to be like, okay, for this upcoming holiday, I really want this and this and this from you, like. I actually have to tell you to do a thing for me on this certain holiday where everybody does a thing for, you know, it's just, it's all kind of weird. So I would rather let, I would rather just discard all of the weirdness around it and just see it as, as another day, every day 
presents an opportunity to be grateful about something or be mm-hmm. grateful for something. Mm-hmm. So that's just kind of where I'm at with it. And I agree with you, Shirley, just because I'm not super hyped about all of the holidays anymore doesn't mean that I don't understand that other people may still be very right, hyped about yeah. it. And I'm not trying to tell you to not be hyped about it. Exactly, like, honey. Get your you chocolate know, and your roses, you know. Get all you your do. stuff. Yes, like, get, get your all stuff. your things. I am all, I am very pro getting all your things, but I'm kind of like in the, in the same kind of a similar boat as Shirley is in, in that as, as I also am getting older, the level of importance that I put on certain things is different. And there are certain things that I I'm just finding are even more important for me now than other things have been in the past. And holidays is one of those things. Yeah. I think for me, along those same lines, I try to practice gratitude, but also try to pour love out on the people in my life and in my circle on a regular basis. Right. So that I don't need or feel the need to have a special holiday or a special day for me to do that. So I'm I'm getting into the practice of constantly showing my love and appreciation for those in my circle. And so if Valentine's Day happens to come up and say, I forgot to do the thing that we do on Valentine's Day, then they don't have to question whether or not I love them and care about them year round. So I am getting into the practice of doing doing that. And again, I think like, that's super, super important. <laughs> yeah. And and again, you know, like we say in almost every episode, there are going to be times when you don't get it right. Yeah. But being in that practice is really important because also, I mean, life is short and you don't know day to day what can happen. You can lose your loved ones at any time, not to be grim dark, but it's just the truth. It's so seeing every day as, you know, trying anyway, trying as best you can to see every single day as special and not just the holidays. The holidays can be special, but yeah. seeing every day as just as special as those days and not putting extra undue pressure on yourself during those holiday times, that's more, that's the most important thing. Yeah. Um, because also as someone who has lost several loved ones, the holidays can also be extremely hard. They can be just these really barren moments where you're really sitting with your, you know, face to face with your grief. And so if you, like you said, Shirley, if you've, if you engage in a practice of daily or extremely often anyway, some people are not in, you know, right next to you all the time. Right. Yeah. But engage in a regular practice of just loving the people that you love so that they, in in a way that they can feel it and they know it can sometimes, not all the time, but sometimes take some of the sting out of the holidays when those hard times come around. And they don't come around every single holiday. That's also the tricky thing about grief. Some years, like for me, Mother's Day, Mother's Day is okay. Other Mother's days, it's trash. I'm very fortunate that the last two or three Mother's Days have been all right. That doesn't mean that this Mother's Day this year won't be. So you just don't know. But if you're engaged in that regular practice of, hey, let's let's be engaged with each other, enjoying life together and exhibiting um, and demonstrating our tangible love for each other, that really does help um, take the weight off of some of these days that everyone's expected to perform a certain thing. And then if if you happen to get something on this 
observed day, then that's just icing on the cake. That's right. Again, nothing wrong with nothing wrong with observing, nothing wrong with getting gifts, nothing wrong with wanting gifts. Like, girl, I love gifts. I love, I love giving gifts. No, I love giving gifts and I love getting them. So this is definitely, I, I'm very pro gift. <laughs> yes, honey. <laughs> Give me all the things. (laughs) Give me stuff, girl. If you give it, I'm taking. So anywho, yeah, we said all of that. (laughs) We want you to know there's no pressure to do the thing. Right, right. If you don't feel like doing the thing or you don't have the resources to do the thing. That's right. Don't let that put any added pressure on you or if you got up this morning and you didn't have anything, it's all okay. Whatever, whatever the situation is. But anyway, today is a good day to talk about all things love. It is. As cliche as it may be to some, I think this is actually the perfect episode to talk about how we love ourselves and more specifically how we love on ourselves. And I say on ourselves because truth be told, we love on others a lot more than we love on ourselves. So let's talk about that. Like, How can we change how we love on ourselves while continuing to love on those we care about. How do we create balance for loving on you? Or how do you create balance for loving on you and loving on others? Or does there even need to be balance? Or can balance even be achieved? How do we do that? How do we love on us but not neglect? loving on those we care about. It's about self-love, self-love, self-preservation, self-confidence, you know, all the self stuff. How do we do that and still love on those around us? Questions that need answers, huh? Questions that need answers. (laughs) Because like, in all honesty, it is challenging because we've been conditioned to believe that we take care of those around us first. Right. But we really need to be taking care of ourselves first so that we can properly take care of them. So we really need to be loving on ourselves more so that we can are loving on ourselves first so that we can properly love on those around us. Because it is my belief that how we allow ourselves to experience love is a direct reflection on how we love ourselves. Mm. I happen to believe that this morning when I was in the mirror applying my eye cream for these dark circles, (laughs) (laughs) because they are there, (laughs) (laughs) because I knew we had to do this episode today, I found myself asking why we need to learn to love ourselves from the inside out. And I was asking myself that because I've always struggled with my appearance, like my dark skin, my curly hair, the size of my body, more specifically, the size of these boobs. Yeah. Honestly, all the things, there's nothing about my appearance that I am super in love with. I stay critiquing everything about how I look from head to toe, Mm -hmm. everything. So I was wondering why people say you need to love yourself from the inside out when what I really need is to love myself from the outside in. But then, because I be asking all these questions and pondering things, I ask myself why I critique everything about myself 
Mm-hmm. And the answer became clear. I critique myself really hard because somewhere down the line, somebody convinced me that just being how I was created was not good enough. It wasn't enough. It wasn't enough. It wasn't good enough. So now... If you're listening to this and want to be a part of a community of sisters supporting sisters through the ebbs and flows of life, come be a part of the SOS Virtual Sister Circle, where we gather monthly to chat it up about all the things that concern us while also holding each other accountable with love, accountable for how we see ourselves, treat ourselves, walk through the world, and how we allow others to treat us as well. Join us today at ShaysAstrong.com. I got to unhear or unlearn these things that people have said to me. I got to unlearn these things or unlearn how people have treated me in Mm -hmm. ways that made me feel like I wasn't enough. And that has been extremely challenging. Even at my big old age, I'm still unlearning and unhearing. And, And that didn't just come from people outside of my circle that came from people inside of my circle society family mm-hmm. and friends they put these unrealistic expectations on us especially black women about mm-hmm. what's good and acceptable and enough so right. imagine unlearning 50 plus years of being told you're not enough not pretty mm-hmm. enough not light enough, not curvy enough, not skinny enough, not smart enough, not strong enough, not black enough, not enough mm-hmm. enough. Right. Like right. nothing is ever enough. And when I say black enough, I'm referring to things like rhythm for me because all black people have rhythm. I don't. <laughs> so I'm referring to the, like I don't. And I own that. Like I can't dance <laughs> if somebody showed me step by step. I still wouldn't be able to do it. Like, it's just not in my, I just, I can't do that thing. And so, and it's even with like African-American, but is it vernacular? Mm-hmm. But, vernacular you know, English, yep. Yeah. yeah. And so, you know, I get called into question about things like that. You're not black enough. Or I, I when I was working an Air Force real job, people will always be like, oh, she more black than you are. Referring to some white person, she's more black than you are. So it's always whatever it is, it's always not. I've never been enough in other people's eyes. And so now I'm spending all this time trying to unlearn and unhear, trying to reclaim my enoughness. Yeah. Yeah. The truth is, I've always been enough. I've just allowed the expectations and, um, the um what's the word I want to use acceptance or lack thereof from other people to make me feel and believe that I was not enough and so now I am at this space in my life where I am slowly but surely learning to love all of me mm-hmm. and in order for me to love all of me that means loving on all of me so that's that's where I am in my life. And I will say one of the things that has been tremendously helpful for me is meditation. I have this one meditation that I fall asleep to every night and it's inner child affirmations. And so like I'm speaking while I'm falling asleep, I'm speaking these unlearning affirmations over me so that I can unbelieve. I'm just making up words right now. 
<laughs> it's all it's all right. <laughs> I'm believing the lies I was told about who I am and about my enoughness. And mm-hmm. it's been a blessing. Like it really has been, of course, therapy has been a tremendous support in me recognizing the lived experiences that have contributed to how I feel about myself and my appearance. And so again, I said all that to say that in my learning to love on myself, I am also learning how to love on those around me better, if that makes sense. Yeah, yeah, it does. I agree with you when you, um, the way I normally uh, express this idea for myself is that um, there's a certain degree with which we can show love to others and it is it is reflective of how much love we're able to show ourselves Mm -hmm. simply because if we don't know what that looks like for us because we haven't properly been shown it's extremely difficult to know how that will look for anyone else and how how to how to move accordingly i don't think it means it's impossible Right. I do think it's extremely challenging to be able to show love to others in a way that is whole, holistic, generative. If we really have no experience with that, mm-hmm. it's kind of like me expecting to, you know, I can't expect to go buy a helicopter with no experience, you know, and just reading books about it is not enough. There has to be practical hands-on experience. Mm -hmm. And usually with the support of someone else, like a teacher, an instructor, you know, but in our young lives, our teachers and instructors are our family, our parents, aunts, uncles, grandparents, teachers, authority figures around us, people who are supposed to care about us. And if they in whatever way, didn't do that. We basically were left to fend for ourselves and read books and manuals on how to fly the helicopter and no one's giving us any practical uh, hands-on training with it. And so we get older and we're expected to fly a helicopter and we really don't know how to do it. But we get in and we try and fly it and we end up crashing and there are other people in the helicopter with us and then, you know, we're toast. Then of course, you know, we're blamed for that. But the, the truth is, how are we supposed, we say it all the time. You don't know what you don't know. How are we supposed to know mm-hmm. if we've never been shown? Absolutely. How are we supposed to know if we ourselves have been abused or neglected, rejected? So it's, 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 it's extremely challenging. I, I will say, no, I don't think it's impossible. I used to think it was impossible. Mm-hmm. I don't think it's impossible anymore because I think that kind of in a, in a, secretly cruel way implies that someone who doesn't love themselves enough is not worthy of getting love from other people. Right. Because, oh, well, they can't, they don't know how to love themselves and no one else is ever going to love them. And I I don't subscribe to that at all. (laughs) I think you deserve to be loved in a way that feels like love to you, that feels like you're being held and supported regardless of whether you know how to love yourself or not. It's just a matter of you learning. And it's really helpful if you have support around that and people around you who can give you hands-on training. I love what you said about reclaiming your enoughness. 
Mm-hmm. Because honestly, I think in doing that, that is you showing your self-love. Yes. That is a form of self-love, recognizing how it's been ripped away from you. And yeah, you're going out and it's like, I'm going to go get it. Even though I don't have anyone to kind of help me and, and be with me. And like, I've got a basket, you got a basket. We're going to go out in these woods. And we're going to find these little, you know, self enough eggs. Mm-hmm. I'm just by yeah, myself, I love that. I love but that. I'm going to do it. And you've uh-huh. been doing it. And that is a, an aspect of loving yourself. Um, I have a similar ex- experience because you and I have a lot of Latin common. And of course, one of the things is a lot of trauma and rejection around our parents mm-hmm. as young girls. I, in all kinds of ways, up and down through my childhood and youth came to understand, and I use the word understand in air quotes because it wasn't true, but came to air quotes, understand that I was too dark. Mm -hmm. My nose is too big. My lips are too big. I started developing at an early age. So my breasts were really too large for me to have as at my age. Um, And that attracted some very unwanted attention, of course, I was actually pretty skinny as, you know, going, going through my youth and everything. So I didn't get that end of it, but I had a lot of internalized fat phobia. So it might as well be the same thing. I didn't get a lot of the rejection around or, or a lot of the uh, harm around, oh, you're not smart enough. I did get some of it. It was usually from, it was usually from white people that didn't believe that I was as smart as I was, you know, didn't believe I could do the things I said I want to do. That's a different story for a different time if we ever get to it. But because I was smart and high achieving, that also in a way led to rejection from from peers. Because like, oh, you, you're a know-it-all. You're a goodie. You're this and the other. And then it also led to harm around feeling pressure. Pressure from my family. I'm, I'm expected to achieve all of the things, as you say. Well, she, Lynn, that's my, my familial nickname. Everyone, I go, as, I go by Natty. My two nicknames are Natty and Lynn. My family, I have relatives that don't even know my name is Natalie. Like they just know me as Lynn. <laughs> so when I was a little girl, it was like, oh, well, Lynn's smart. She can do anything. Or Lynn, yeah, Lynn, she's always going to get, she always gets straight A's. Or Lynn's doing this and Lynn's doing that. Or she's going to go to college. She's going to go to this school. She gonna... So it was like, I was expected to do all of that. And a lot of that I did. And some of it I think was for the approval, for their approval. I, I, I really, really, really wanted to be approved of by my family. I really wanted to be accepted by peers. But a lot of times it seemed like there was only so much I could do. And in some in some situations, it didn't matter what I did. It just was never going to be, as you said, enough. Mm-hmm. And so I also grew up with this notion of, mm, you're still not enough. You're still not good enough. You're certainly not pretty enough because you're too dark, because <laughs> you're black, because your 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 hair is eh, it's kind of long, but it should it could be longer. Mm-hmm. It's it's this texture, but it, it could it's, be it's not like it ain't. It could be straighter. You it could be that good hair. I hate that term, right? There was all of that, and also because I had a mom who was light skinned and whose hair was a little bit straighter, and you know, so it's like, oh, well, how come you don't look like your mom? <laughs> you know that sort of thing. And it doesn't mean that those things were always said directly to me. You get these messages from how people interact with you. 
It's not always that they're saying stuff directly. It can be just the way they interact you. With some people, it was very, very easy to tell. I could tell every time I had a racist teacher and I had a lot of racist teachers because you could just tell by the way they acted towards you. They might not always come out and say, oh, you ugly or you stupid. They weren't necessarily saying that, but it was the way they were treating you outside of their words that lets you know how they felt about you Mm -hmm. and what they thought of you. So those are the messages that I'm getting all of the time. And then it's like, I would, I would guess you have a, you know, a similar experience. You're trying to do all the things to, to measure up, you know? Absolutely. You spend your whole life trying to do all the things. Yeah. Trying to do all the stuff. You're, you're getting your hair done on a regular basis. So it can be straight most of the time. You're trying to make sure you're dressing the way everyone else is dressing, even though sometimes you want to dress differently. You're, you know, you're wearing all makeup and you're trying to exhibit the talents that you do have in the hopes that that will bring you acceptance from your peers. Um, you're doing all kinds of things. And I was doing a lot of that. I didn't know that that was contributing to my depression. That was one of the factors contributing to my depression because I'm a kid. And I don't get that this is exhausting for me because I'm a kid. (laughs) And so again, you don't know what you don't know. And there's no one there to tell you otherwise. So yeah, you end up as an adult who doesn't love herself and doesn't know how. But through time, and some of us later than others, it it took me until I was in the my mid forties to start really doing this work, like 44, 43, 44, 45 to really start in earnest doing this work. Mm-hmm. And it is a lot of heavy work. Cause like you said, you know, you're talking 50 plus years of this. I'm almost that, that, that amount myself. It's, it's a lot of untangling and, and like we, we, we use this word a lot, deconditioning mm-hmm. and it's work that we're large. We largely had to do by ourselves. It'd be much easier if we had, someone alongside us to support us and help us do it. But we don't. We're trying to be these people that can be support for others. For others, yeah. Women who are younger than us, so they're not having to do it by themselves. But when you're doing it by yourself, it's that much more challenging and it takes that much more time. But you know, you mentioned the 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 work to reclaim your enoughness. I've been doing a lot of that work too. And I've also been doing a lot of work around just compassion and gentleness toward myself. Like if I can give myself that compassion and gentleness that I know that deep down inside was what I truly wanted when I was young, Mm -hmm. just acceptance and gentleness and compassion and not constant expectation to be great and constant rejection because, oh, you don't fit a certain mold. If I could just give that to myself enough enough of the time that could go a great distance towards my own healing. And so that's the thing that I have been working on. I said all of that to say that basically. But this this is basic this this episode is basically about how how are you showing yourself love? That is how I'm showing myself love. I'm so glad you threw in that word healing because we are afraid of that word. Yeah. Some of us are afraid to say out loud that I need to heal. But the reality is you need to heal. We really do. We really do. A lot of ish has gone down from mm-hmm. childhood to adulthood. 
And there's no other word for it. Yeah. You need to heal from, like Natty said, from how people have engaged with you or perhaps how they didn't engage with you because they didn't think you were enough or mm-hmm. enough whatever. You need to heal from the words that people have spoken to you. Yeah. That's healing. And that work needs to be done in order for you to be able to love yourself without condition in order for you to be able to love on yourself and know that you deserve to love on yourself. Then Mm -hmm. some healing needs to take place. So don't be afraid. And if you can't say it out loud, then say it silently. I need to heal, but don't be afraid to get the healing and the support that you need because Healing sounds like something is broken in you. Right. right. That's not, that's not it. (laughs) That's not it. It's just me. It's just, it means what it is. It just means that someone needs to be done so that you can get to a healthy place in your life, healthy mentally and emotionally. You can buy all the chocolates and you can buy the roses and you can buy the Valentine's Day cards and you can buy all the things that's Valentine's Day. But until you learn, to love you. It's just a lot harder. It's just a lot harder. It's a lot harder. Not impossible, but it's definitely challenging. So I implore you to start taking the steps to heal yourself. And we're going to get it to wrap it up. But I want to do this one thing. In the last episode, Natty and I wrote love letters to each other. Right, right, right. Expressing the love that, you know, we have for each other. And we're able to do that because we are doing the healing work so that yeah. we can pour love out onto other people. So I want to invite you, our listeners, to write a love letter to yourself. To yourself. To yourself. And just, I mean, just take a timer for like two to three minutes mm-hmm. and just begin to pour out on yourself and write it like you're talking to your best friend. I just take two minutes and just pour out your Mm -hmm. love for yourself. How much do you love you? And you're struggling with finding the right words. Then just take a moment to breathe and try to silence all the negativity that has been spoken to you and then start again. It's a practice. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like we mm-hmm. like we continue to say, the words are probably not going to come as easily as you would like for them to because there is a lot of deconditioning and unlearning that needs to take place in order for you to properly love yourself. And it doesn't have to be practice. Not practice. It doesn't have to be perfect. <laughs> it right. doesn't have to right. be perfect. Just, nothing has to be perfect. That's an illusion. Perfect, so let's like, just get rid of that. Let's just get rid Let's just 86 that all together. Nothing mm-hmm. has to be perfect, but just t- set your set your timer for two to three minutes and just take that and love on yourself. And Shirley said, you know, write it like you're writing to your best friend, or even mm-hmm. if you want to use us as proxy. I would also add, you could pretend you are writing this to a younger version of you and think Ooh, of what yes, younger version that. of you mm-hmm. would have needed to hear. And then you write that to yourself. I lo- oh, I absolutely love that shoot. I might do that myself because she needed to hear some things. <laughs> she needed to hear some things. I guarantee you she did. And to put the icing on the cake, once you've written that, how about you take it a step further mm-hmm. and read it every night before you go to bed? Like mm-hmm. I do my, my inner child affirmation 
meditation every night before I go to bed? What if you read the letter to yourself aloud every night before you go to bed? Yes. It's a love letter to yourself and you get to love on yourself every day because mm. self-love and self-care goes beyond a medi and a petty and a massage and mm-hmm. treating yourself to your favorite food. It goes beyond those. So let's try this. Let's try the love letter. This is the loving yourself from the inside out. Um, as you were talking about, you had been loving yourself from the outside in and there is absolutely nothing wrong with that, but you can... You can look in the mirror and have your best outfit on, mm-hmm. have your makeup, like face beat, hair laid. I have had days like that. I'm like, damn, I actually look good. Like, but do for you real, feel real. good like, on the inside? But you can have all of that and still feel so small on the inside. You can feel so um, dejected and discouraged because you're still carrying the weight of all of those memories of, of trauma and rejection. And when you're looking at yourself in the mirror and you're thinking about maybe people that have rejected you in the past, it doesn't mean that they're going to see you out on the street and they get, they're not going to see how good you look. Like, so it has to, that's why the outside and in the outside in can, can be great, but it can only go so far. Can only go that's so why far. we talk so much about the inside out because the inside is where everything is super, super, super messy. And super, super, Ooh. super tangled up. Girl, and what? Who wants to deal with that? But that's the stuff that we have to deal with. And if you need support in reclaiming your enoughness, if you need support in loving on you, that's what the sister circle is all about. Mm-hmm. We we gather in this space and we love on each other and we say the things that we are not comfortable saying in mixed company, for lack of a better term. Mm-hmm. So if, if you haven't already joined us in the circle, we, I mean, we would absolutely love to have you. We'd love to have you. Because Natty and I, we are committed to doing this work and we're committed to doing it because we didn't have this. <laughs> we That's didn't, right. We did not have anyone to walk like alongside <laughs> us and say, hey, girl, there's a better way to do life. There's a healthier way to do life. And hey, guess what? I want to help you do it. We didn't have that. Mm-hmm. It, it wasn't acceptable. Like you literally just sucked it up and went on with your life no matter what was going on. And now right. at, at our ages, now we are finally coming into the knowledge that we deserve more. We do. And not, not do. only are we coming into that knowledge, but we are going after the life that we deserve and we want to bring you along with. Yeah. And if you're like me, uh, like Shirley said, we didn't have this when we were young. Or if you're like me, you had people around you that wanted to position themselves as, as mentors or things like that for you, but the care, so to speak, or, or the advice that they're trying to give you was always shrouded in like respectability politics mm-hmm. or patriarchy. So it was still, a, they were giving you all these prescriptions for how to measure up mm-hmm. or how Absolutely. to be seen yep. as measuring up. And that's yep. not helpful. That's not self-love. It's still their version of love. That's right. It's their version. Like we were talking in a different episode. It's their version of what they think is best for you. It's not 
actually what's best for you. So Shirley and I are trying to do things differently and be, as I said before, be, I'm trying to be the, the person I always needed. And we're trying to hold space in the way that we would have loved to have space held for us back then. Absolutely. Absolutely. Now to be saying the things, y'all, yes, she do. I do try every now and then. (laughs) All right, guys, we got to get out of here. As usual, y'all can hit us up on your favorite social media platform. We are Shades of Strong everywhere. If you don't do social media, you can shoot us an email at hi at Shades of Strong. Like we said, we are here to support you, whatever you need. Ask us questions, do the things. Um, Yeah, that's it. Anything else you want to Say before we shut it on down that. All I want to say is I can't see your face. I don't even know you, actually. We're, we're strangers. Let's be real about it. I'm talking to our listeners. But I love you for what it's worth. I love you. I love you dearly. And I hope you have the most amazing day. You go to bed feeling like you had the most amazing day. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And if nobody else um, buys you chocolate, hell, buy your own chocolate. For real. I do it all the time. <laughs> I do it all the time. <laughs> and it ain't even no holiday. <laughs> right? I'm like, ooh, here my, my peanut M&Ms. Yes, they waiting for me at the checkout. There they go. <laughs> all right, guys. We are out of here. We will see you in the next episode. Like Daddy said, we love you. And we love you for inviting us into your lives. So until next time, dare to do strong differently. <laughs>